from the PSIA AASI Satellite Studios in Oceanside, California. I'm George Thomas. You're listening to First Chair. And great guest today. We are talking with nutritionist Michaela Meixner. Uh, and we're going to be talking about nutrition for snow sports instructors. Michaela, thank you very much for taking the time to chat with us today. Thanks for having me. Super excited to be here. Now, Michaela, talk about a con- uh, topic that has endless, <laughs> uh, you know, information here. Um, first of all, how did you get into specializing in nutrition? Very good question. So I kind of, I like to say I fell into nutrition. I was back and forth in college between a lot of different majors. I actually had no idea when I decided to go into nutrition, what that path actually looks like in the long term. I just was kind of interested in it, all of that passion, a little bit, that little spark started in it and then realized there were all of these steps to get your registered dietitian credential that I had no idea existed. And so my four-year degree actually turned into um, getting my dietetics degree and then doing 1,200 hours of supervised practice, then taking the national um, licensure exam. And now I'm a registered dietitian. I've been a registered dietitian for five years and I had some years in there where I had some gaps before I took the exam. But it was a long process that I didn't know what I was getting myself into. But (laughs) thankfully, I am obsessed with it. I love it. It can be um, taken in so many different directions. And early on in my internship, I decided I wanted to focus on sports nutrition and I realized I could combine my two passions for snow sports. I'm a snowboarder um, and nutrition and actually turn it into a full-blown business and work with the community that I love so much. So it's been a really exciting journey. And I was going to ask, where in that time did you find time to slide on your snowboard? (laughs) Um, Well, I've been snowboarding since I was 11, and I used to compete in USASA um, competitions when I was younger, and I knew that I wanted to move out to Colorado, so after I graduated in Wisconsin, I moved out to Colorado, and I worked for um, Golden Peak Children's Ski School in Vail as the cook, so I was like, just get me out there, anything, doesn't have to be um, a nutrition role per se, anything that has to do with food, somewhat related, and I just want to spend the winter snowboarding as much as I could, and that turned into me still being in Colorado and still part-time snowboard instructing, so I work with clients um, um, as my full-time job, essentially, in nutrition, but then I also do part-time snowboard instructing in the winter. But throughout the entire journey, I would always make snowboarding a priority. It was kind of like, um, how much snowboarding can I get in and still take care of my responsibilities? And it actually turns out you can do a lot of snowboarding and still do all of <laughs> your responsibilities. <laughs> now, tell us about nutrition as a snow sports instructor because I'm horrible in that I generally stay as busy as I can I just want to do lesson after lesson and I maybe I'll grab a little snack but I generally just don't even eat throughout the day which is ridiculous Um, what are some things we can do to really watch ourselves and have the best nutrition possible You're definitely not alone in that, and I will say I'm also guilty of that. I think, honestly, what it comes down to is we 
we always put the client first, right? Or the guest or whoever we're coaching first. And it's kind of like that saying when you're on an airplane, you have to put the mask on yourself first. And from the Maslow's hierarchy of needs perspective, we can't show up as our best selves if we're not meeting that first base need of sustenance, food and water. And so, yes, we can make it through the day and all of us probably listening have done it. I've done it. You just said you've done it. But are we surviving or are we thriving? Because I know when I do that, I feel like absolute crap the next day or directly after. And that trickles in day after day. And that actually contributes to that burnout that we've all felt as ski and snowboard instructors because we're consistently under fueling. Our fuel tank gets tapped more so day after day after day after day. So we really got to kind of flip the mindset um, a little bit. And yes, we want to give our guests the best experience, but we have to take care of ourselves in that process. And so just as we like check in with our guests all the time, like, do you need food? Do you need water? Take advantage of those breaks as well yourself. And if they don't opt for one, it's okay to say, you know what, I need a break. Why don't we take 10 minutes? I need to get some water. I need to get some fuel. We're working really hard and actually take that moment to feed yourself and also pocket snacks. Keeping lots of snacks on you is also helpful. Yeah. And I'm, again, I hate using myself as an example, but I don't think I'm alone in this. I always refer to myself and my online name is skinny hippo. Cause they think of me as skinny fat <laughs> because I don't eat during the day. I really stay busy. I don't want to take a bio break. And so I really just ignore food and staying hydrated. And then I get home at the end of the day and I'm so thirsty and I'm so hungry. And I eat a huge meal right before going to bed, um, which doesn't really lend to great sleep either. And so, I mean, I know that's a terrible balance, but what can we do to make sure we get a good breakfast, maybe if we don't even want to take the time to to uh, make a mess in the kitchen um, and make that time for some lunch. What are some things we can eat that are, are simple but nutritious? Yeah, I think a big, a big key thing you said there is busyness, and that's pretty common. <laughs> We're all busy. We're busy all day long. So how can we make it easier on ourselves? We have this like expectation that nutrition needs to be um, this thing, whatever it looks like in your head. Think about what a healthy plate looks like and probably some like homemade food. Maybe you went to the farmer's market. It's this like intense process in our heads. That's the expectation a lot of the time. And we can actually scale it back and make things simple for us. And the the starting place that I tell people usually is to block off time on one of your days off and actually come up with some type of plan and go shopping for it. Doesn't mean you have to meal prep and have everything in Tupperwares. It could literally look like, what am I going to have for breakfast all rest of the six days this week? And it could look like I'm going to have a bowl of cereal on four of these days and I'm going to have a bar and a banana on the other three. It doesn't necessarily have to be fancy to start and you start with that and then you layer on top other nutrition principles to try to make it um, a little more nutritious, try to support your sports performance. But at the bare minimum, we just got to get some calories and some energy in you. So block off time to plan that out Um, and then some easy things to bring with you in the car with you in your pocket. So that might look like having that simple breakfast 
and then also packing some like big bars for example to put in your pocket the nature's bakery ones are really popular right now because they're whole grain and they taste super good but you can throw those um in your pocket so that you can nibble on them on the chairlift and the key thing there is actually bring things you like because if you do have that high expectation um like for example i'm gonna make uh i don't know a chickpea salad and like put it in a tupperware and put it in my jacket which obviously is unrealistic if any of us are thinking about that <laughs> or like a chicken some people have like pocket chicken breasts and things like that are you actually going to want to eat that on the chairlift because if not when you're busy you're not going to eat that. <laughs> so bring things that actually taste good to you um, as a starting point. But the, the big thing is, is just to, you have to start making a, it a priority. And the first step of that is blocking off time to actually plan it. And is it better to have three good meals a day or, you know, we're super active out there. Should we be more grazing throughout the day? It kind of depends on how active you are. So I know for me, I'm a level one snowboard instructor, so I get put on the bunny hill a lot, but I'm very active on the bunny hill. So I'm walking up and down a lot of the time. And so lighter foods do feel better in my stomach. It's also about a stomach tolerance thing. So that's where grazing can come into play. It's good to get kind of a consistent energy source trickling into your muscle if you are super active. And if your heart rate is up super high, it's difficult to digest big, heavy meals anyway, um, let alone digest that and go back out and try to do activity when all our blood flow is trying to be in our digestive system and not necessarily in our muscles. The other thing I'll look at for just a quick lift is not, you know, the energy drink that's full of caffeine, but I mean, is it okay to try more of a, a liquid type food because it's quick, it's easy, but something that's got actually some nutrients in it and some calories? Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes, definitely. So, um, maybe not necessarily just a coffee. Caffeine can be a performance enhancer, but obviously if you're living off of it, that's a problem. Um, but we want to, with the liquid form, make sure that it has carbohydrates in it. I know carbohydrates have a bad reputation, but that is the, um, number one source of fuel for our brain and for our muscles. And it's kind of like the limiting factor. So if we think about what leads to us hitting a wall, it's not necessarily going to be not having enough fat in the body because we have enough of that to last a very long time. We only store a limited amount of carbohydrates. So that's the tank that's going to run out if we're not refueling it throughout the day. And that's what's going to lead to you hitting a wall and burnout towards the end of the day. So if your liquid has carbohydrates in it, it could be something like a sports drink that has carbohydrates, electrolytes, and water. Or it could even be something like um, a smoothie that is going to have carbohydrates from that fruit. If you can get a little protein in either with the sports drink or in your smoothie, then that is going to help it stick a little bit longer and just help you meet your daily protein needs. But it's not necessarily going to be like a huge contributor to the energy that you're using as a fuel source. But it is still important as just a daily nutrient to get in. And does hydration play a part in our nutritional program? Yes, for sure. And I think um, this is a big hangout for a lot of people. And it's not necessarily like we don't know <laughs> that we should, we should drink water. Everyone knows that you should stay hydrated throughout the day. I think a big obstacle for us instructors is the logistics of it. Um, and then we also have 
the environment working against us because at altitude, we lose water faster um, when it's cold, when we're trying to keep our body temperature, we lose water faster. And then we also at altitude lose the thirst sensation sometimes. Um, so we might not necessarily have the urge to drink because we feel thirsty. So we think we can ignore drinking water. Um, but the reality is you need water throughout the entire day. That's another one of those limiting factors that can cause you to hit that wall. Now, Michaela, when we started out, you know, one of the first things I said was nutrition. There's so much content here. Um, I'm really looking forward to having you as a, a more regular guest. What are some other topics that we can explore? Well, we just touched the surface and I kind of alluded to like what fuel sources we use for activity and how important is hydration and what are the first steps. And I mentioned blocking off time, but there's that's just the starting point. We can get into how do we actually um, plan for those meals because I just said plan for them. So what are some tips for planning? What types of meals are we planning? Like, what does that breakfast look like? We mentioned like just getting energy in. What's the next step? How do we want to balance that so we can optimally support our day? Um, how much water should you be drinking throughout the day? What are electrolytes and do we actually need them? What are the types of foods we should be shooting for during the day to keep us energized? There's so many directions. And then we have the recovery piece. What are we, what are we supposed to be doing after the mountain <laughs> so that we can fully recover and um, get our muscles fully primed for multiple days in a row? That's where we get into trouble when we don't fully refuel afterwards or we're continuously underfueling. That's where we hit those walls, maybe not over the course of a few days, but halfway through the season, we're getting sick, we are burning out, we have no energy to ski and ride, and we want to prevent that. And one of the ways to do that is through staying consistent with giving your body what it needs to actually put in the work that you're asking it to do. Well, Michaela Meisner, looking forward to many more chats with you, and thank you so much for taking the time to join us on First Year. Thank you so much for having me. Excited for future future talks. From the PSIA AASI Satellite Studios in Oceanside, California, I'm George Thomas.